1: Hello and welcome back to Keeping It Real with Caroline and Sophie. We're delighted to be back in Caroline's kitchen. Thank Yay! you for
2: listening. It's so good to be back and it's especially good to have the amazing Grace. Sophie and I were so blessed a while back to meet this extraordinary woman. woman. We went to this wonderful empowerment event mm-hmm. and I will never forget... On stage came this absolutely beautiful beautiful woman who then started speaking and
1: you I was were blown so, away.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I to the point of being speechless. I was so blown away by what Grace has been through and how she has so gracefully come to the other side of some of the most horrific experiences you could ever imagine, but not only that. How she has reclaimed her power, how she has built the most extraordinary life, and how she is giving back to community in the most remarkable way uh, You're one of the most inspiring women I think I've ever met, Gracie. And we should also
1: add that uh, amazing Gracie is also an ambassador for the Prince's Trust, which is why she was at the foundation that we were at the night that we met her. And we are delighted to have you here today and really, really excited to have you share your incredibly empowering story, your journey from where you started to where you are today. And we hope that our lovely listeners will be as inspired as we were by you. So welcome, welcome. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate all your kind words. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, should we start from the very beginning? Um,
3: oh, exactly. Where were you born? When? How where, old are you? Exactly. We want the whole story. <laughs> start from the very, very start. So, I was born um, in East London. So, I'm an East London girl. Um, and. That was in 1986, so I'm 32 now, and I was raised by my wonderful mother Jane, and um, I grew up with my siblings at home, and she worked extremely hard as a single mother to give us the best life she possibly could. So, How, How many siblings did you have? And where was your dad? So, my father um, lived with his other wife. So, they separated when I was very young. Um, However, they were still friends and they still communicated. So, I would go and visit my father most weekends. Um, But my father had Parkinson's disease. So, as I grew up, he started to deteriorate. So, it got worse as I got older. So, it was quite difficult to form a relationship with him. Mm. Um, But my mum is an extraordinary woman you know and at times they had their own difficulties but she always said to me you know i want you to get to know the man and you can decide you know yeah how you feel about your father you know which i think mm-hmm. is extremely fair
1: i love that it's such a good attitude and i think even when the person you're with might not be the best role model or partner um you know to have the support of your mother to allow you to build a relationship whether it's going to be a good one or a bad one is incredibly powerful and important because two parents make one person it's not just the one 100 percent. i love the way you've said
2: that actually i think that can be used as great inspiration you know to a lot of people i wish i'd had a mother who said that to me
3: yeah really important and so that gave me the room to get to know my father who was an extremely dignified man um, considering what he was going through you know I mean he was on a lot of medication to survive the Parkinson's disease so a lot of the time when I would visit him he was in and out of docile sleeps and so and I would help feed him because his hands were very shaky towards the end um, so that became my normality but I was very fortunate, you know, my father picked some extremely strong women, so his last wife, my stepmother, um, she took me and she knew me from about the age of two, so when I would go, go around there, um, you know, I would call her mum as well, really, and, and she really embraced us all, which is incredible, I think, you know, yeah. it's wonderful when women work together to raise children. So she was
2: a wonderful person to have in your life exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. Oh,
1: that's good. Not a wicked stepmother.
2: No. A wonderful stepmother. A wonderful stepmother. That's Mother. very nice to hear.
1: And I think it's also really important for anybody out there who is a step-parent just to be aware of, I'm sure everybody is anyway, but it's something that certainly crosses my mind when I think about my future, uh, is taking on another family comes with their own things going on within the family, their own dynamics, and just being really sensitive to those children's feelings. And, you know, you're taking half of their family away and um you know the I know certainly for my children you know with with um my ex-husband's new partner sometimes they feel slightly insecure about you know how much time daddy spends with them and you know even if it's not a serious girlfriend it's always something that goes through their minds
2: yeah and I think it's also you know when if someone has children of their own and has a little bit of experience, you know. I think often if you get divorced relatively young, you know, there is a chance that um, that you know the ex-husband might meet, like in Alex's case, someone who is a little bit younger and doesn't have children. And it's you—you've you, really got to have that sensitivity because it's—it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult for both parts. It's yeah. difficult for the woman coming in, but it's also difficult for the children yeah.
1: in many ways. Exactly. Yeah. So full support all around on all sides for everybody. And, you know, I think the other thing is when your partner does get a new partner, you have to embrace all aspects of your new chapter. And if your partner gets a new partner, then you have to be on board for that and supportive and encourage the children to really embrace it as well, because you want them to feel happy and secure, whoever they're with, whether they're with you or your partner.
2: Exactly. And I think life is difficult enough as it is. You know, we all have enough challenges in our day-to-day lives. We don't need also to be challenged when we end up falling in love with someone. I think you're so right in saying embrace and support as much Mm -hmm. as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. But back to you, Grace. What happened after you had... So you took very good care of your... Father, yes. with great support from his wife. Exactly, exactly. And did they have children
3: together also? Yes, yeah, so my sister Janine, um, she's about 25 now. So... you you know it was it was difficult and um she would tell me stories because we were very close that he would sometimes take more medication in order to appear stronger for when we arrived and and to me you know when i look back on that i think what a beautiful man in all of his suffering you know he really tried his best to still show up for us which i think is incredible that is is so so sweet yeah wow that is such a compromise Mm-hmm. So what happened next? So um, he passed away when I was fifteen. He got cancer, but his body was obviously too obviously weak to fight it. You know? for you, yeah, you it it me. was very difficult. You know, even though as a child I always had this sense of awareness that, uh, unfortunately, at some point he was going to pass away. You, you just think that he's, he's going to be there forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so when he passed away, that was very difficult and I didn't really know how to deal with it. I was extremely angry, you know, and I, it's really took me down a road of kind of, I started to drink quite heavily after his passing.
2: Mm -hmm. Aged 15? Yes. Oh my goodness, sweetheart. But how did you, did you get in with the wrong crowd or Um, how, how did that happen?
3: Uh, I, so I had, I mean, I grew up in East London mm. and, you know, at the time it was quite a rough area and... Um, which which area? In Hackney, okay. I grew up in Hackney. Yep. Um, but I had a wonderful group of friends, actually, mm. and my mother always really encouraged us to, you know, be involved in different activities and hobbies. So, I you know, i danced from about the age of six, tap dance, contemporary jazz. So I was always actually active and doing mm. things, you know. Um, and I had a really beautiful circle of friends at the time but you know we lost our parents all at a very uh, you know a year apart so, so there was a group of you that had been through the same yeah exactly exactly gosh,
1: which in one way is
3: supportive I yeah think. so how come you all lost parents at the same time uh, illnesses you know and
2: um gosh that is so tough I mean I lost my mother when I was 11 right well and it was like such a It was not only was it obviously the most painful thing you can possibly Mm -hmm. experience, but it was also the the shock of it because no one had ever died before. You know, I had never had death close to me any time before Mm -hmm, or -hmm. or actually for many, many, many years after that. Yes. So it's a very lonely experience at at the same time being the one who who has this experience with, with with no one around you really understanding what it is you're going
3: through. Yeah, so we had this unspoken word as much as we didn't really actively talk about it because we were still too young, I think, in a sense to kind of understand the emotions and the feelings. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I turned to alcohol quite early, really, and and that... And when you say you turned to alcohol... It seemed like fun at the time, and mm. it was house parties, and it was the mm. stuff teenagers did. Which is still quite young for 15 yeah, house parties. It yeah, it is quite young. But we kind of soon... It was... I suppose all of us at that time mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I realised probably after, a, you know, a while of drinking that actually this feels nice and mm-hmm. this doesn't make me think or, f- or doesn't make me feel the pain. Yeah. And, and that's something that started to ha- happen.
2: So the, I'm being numbed right now yeah, by exactly. what I'm drinking. But
3: let me ask you a question. Did you not have a time that you had to be home every day?
2: You know, did you not have, you know, you finished tap dancing at six, you had to be home by 6.30. Was there not, you know, a real eye being kept on you and then beyond that, you know, the affordability of drinking at that age, how, do you, how, how can you afford that? And if you also are numbing feelings, you're also numbing control. Mm.
1: And, well, I guess having a working mother is yeah, also exactly. tough because yeah. if your mother's at work all day and you're going to tap, she's kind of trusting you yeah, to exactly. make that journey home and she probably didn't have any idea that you were drinking
3: no, I don't think she would, she had any un- idea of how much I was drinking at, at that time, you know. And it was progressive; it wasn't that at fifteen I was drinking loads of alcohol. It was, you know, over time. Um, and then throughout some more of the experiences that that um, that I went through, it was then that that became my kind of default setting. That this this is something that enables me to kind of get through life without having to really acknowledge what I'm have experienced or I'm going through. So. Uh, Oh, did you even know at that
1: point that alcohol had turned from something fun and uh, an escapist moment of rebellion to something that you were then becoming reliant on to numb your inner pain?
3: I think no. You know, it probably mm. was only until I was probably about the age of 18, 19 when I was becoming aware that it was an issue so you started at 15 and by the age of 18 you were still drinking Mm -hmm. and and what else everything else yeah I mean I was using drugs by the time I was about 19 years old 18 years old you know my mum had amazing work ethic Mm -hmm. and so I did the same it wasn't that we were just allowed to if you want something here's the money Mm -hmm. you you go and find a job and you and you get on with it and so so that's what I did from a young age so I had so lots you did of different have jobs, lots of
1: structure, yeah, and lots exactly, of support and lots of encouragement, but you had lots of inner pain.
3: Yes, basically yeah. correct. So, what
1: happened at that moment in your life? So, you're 18. You're unfortunately in a position where you're having access to drugs, mm-hmm, and alcohol, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're having a good time, or you're not having a good time.
3: Well, difficult because um, at the age of 17, you know, so after my pa- father passed away, I was extremely vulnerable, you know, and mm. yearning for a father figure. Yeah, And, and you know, I didn't have... Although I had a father that was there, I didn't have a father figure in the sense of somebody that takes you to the park. Or, yeah. you know, I have one picture of us actually together when I'm about probably one years old where he is walking in the park with me. Um, but my memories of a, of a father is of a very sick man, mm. you know? Yeah. So I craved so had, and yearned for that. Paranoid. Yeah. And so, you know, I... I'm a big believer in kind of what, you know, energy and what I was putting out there at that age was kind of a yearning for somebody to come and kind of be a dad to me. And yes. And so that can happen. you know, I was very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so I met somebody at the age of um, 17, which, you know... How old was he? He he is... I can't really remember his age, but, I mean, he's years older than me, you know, over 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And... um, so that turned into quite a difficult and very dangerous situation, you know. Um, I was, I believe, and I know that I was groomed, and and you know, I felt like this person was a bit of a father fig- figure in a sense. Um, you in love with him? Um, difficult. I wouldn't say today as the person I am today. I know that that's not love, yeah. you know. It's it's, it's at, at the time yeah, I I saw him as in a sense, a father figure. But what do you mean he groomed you? Can you explain what um, you mean? And what was it about him that attracted you to him? Um,
1: and, and how did you meet him? Where did he pop up? Was he on the
3: scene of partying or house parties or, or was he um, in the drug? Group? So, no, no, no. I just remember, you know, I, to be honest, a lot of my... I remember meeting him... I think I was just simply walking going for a walk somewhere mm-hmm. and, he, and, and he approached me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was, what, 30 or something? Or? Yeah, I mean, he yeah. would have been, you know, at least 15 years older than me. Okay. Um, and so, um, and so, like I said, I think, you know, it's at the time, it's, you know, it's difficult. A lot of mm-hmm. people that have been through, you know, abuse or have been mm-hmm. groomed, it's difficult for people to understand how it really starts. You so, know?
1: so you were completely sucked in by him yeah 100 the grooming started and what does grooming involve what does it
3: even mean i mean so you know making somebody feel very special and making them feel like you know that you know he made me feel as though i was at times you know almost helping him by being in his life you know and i'm naturally innately a carer i was mm-hmm. raised in, in in you know with having to look after my father etc so for me to feel like a man wanted me to care and look after him in a sense was me repeating the patterns of what I'd done with my father anyway Mm -hmm. um and so he made me feel very special you know at first and and safe yeah Yeah. exactly exactly um and so did it take a long time for you to feel like that or did he was he I mean I think very good at what he was yeah I think so definitely you know and you Um, were very vulnerable
1: at this exactly
3: exactly and unfortunately there are people out there that prey on Mm. people that are you know that are vulnerable Mm. can I just clarify He, he was your friend
1: he wasn't your boyfriend. He was your friend. Well, at,
3: yeah. I at mean, first. at first, exactly. And you trusted him because exactly. he was your friend, exactly.
1: And that was what you thought it was. Exactly. So you were entering into a very safe friendship with a man who was like a father figure to you. Yeah. And you were giving something back to him by caring, and it made you just feel a little bit more
3: whole. And it yeah, was exactly. A void. Ex- basically, it was filling and then a void.
1: He abused that and took it to another level. And we don't have to go into detail about yeah. what happened yeah, if you don't of course. want to do. yeah. But you were in a very, very vulnerable, dangerous, mm-hmm. exposed position in your life at the age of 18. And yeah. did you tell your mother?
3: No. So, I mean, that was, so I was 17 at the time. And no, you know, it quickly turned into a situation where, you know, I was beaten up and I was raped and that <gasps> went on for quite a oh long gosh. time, you know. And... Um, mm. And so, no, I didn't because I was, you know, I was too, si- frightened. I was too frightened, you know, because of the threats that were told to me if I said something. So I mean, it's, just, it's just beyond incredible
1: how somebody can actually take that level of abuse from seeing that you're vulnerable and seeing that you're in pain and you have a void and turning it into something so disgusting and violent and just horrendous. You poor thing.
2: Did your mother ever have suspicions that there was something yeah, yeah. Not quite right? But
3: at that time I was kind of a little bit, I was being quite rebellious anyway, you know, I'd lost my father, yeah. I was, you know, drinking, I was using, And I it guess cetera. at that age
1: you think you could handle it Exactly, in a way. You think, exactly. I'm a big girl, I know what I'm doing, I've exactly. been through everything, I can do this. A hundred percent. But when did you realise that you couldn't?
3: I mean, you know, relatively early on, mm. I, you know, after some of the um, situations, I was fully aware that what I was in was an extremely, you know, dangerous situation. Mm. But at that stage, there is, you know, there's the fear of, of leaving because mm. of what might happen to you or to your family. Um, there's fear And that was a threat, was it? What yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there was the fear Gosh, of saying something. And also in a very, or strange way but there is a level of codependency there yeah. so there's that fear of you know broken you, exactly there's yeah. that fear of who am I without this situation oh my gosh what
1: a horrendous horrendous situation to be in and how on earth did you get out and how, how long were you actually with him
2: for
3: so this went on for about three months and then um, we, at the time, decided that, you know, the safest and the best thing to do was for me to leave the area because, you know, we were all really too afraid to um, call the police at the time. So this
1: was, this was telling your mother and your yeah, mother exactly. giving you the advice? So yeah, eventually well, it was, a,
3: it was with a few told, of us, we didn't make yeah. that decision, not okay. just my mother, yeah.
1: Okay, so you you finally have the courage to tell your mother, you know you've got a problem, mm-hmm. this guy is dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And the only option is to leave the area. Why couldn't you tell the police?
3: Well, I You're think afraid. we were all too afraid, oh. you know? Um, I mean,
1: I'm really hoping, I, 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 I totally get that as well. I, I just I'm just hoping that today we're so much more aware of these things that people hopefully have the courage... To know that there's a support system out there that they don't have to be quite so terrified. Obviously, it's hard.
2: No, not, it's true. But I do understand when when the fear is, the, the the fear is just so great. Yeah, no, I really understand that because how much can you be protected at the end of the day? And uh, no, I really, really understand that. Wow. So you simply decided to leave Hackney.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And so. Um, that's what I did and so I f- had an amazing friend at the time so I stayed in three different places I went and stayed with my grandparents and then I went and stayed with but my mum and, and what happened to the horrendous man so at that time you know nothing you, you, you nothing. disappeared I disappeared he didn't
1: find you no and you didn't hear another word from him
3: no so while I was there, I was, um, while I was living in South London, I would travel down. Um, and I think this is what kept me going, actually. You know, my mum really believes in the value of education and, and how that can, you know, change our lives, you know. So I would travel down to Six Four Mile in Hiding in the hope to get into Bristol University. And I got a place at Bristol University, which was, I mean, quite remarkable. But, You know, at the time, I didn't have any feeling to what was happening or what had happened to me. You know, I just continued on. You're just in complete post-traumatic shock. Yeah, exactly that. And just completely disconnected
2: because these very awful traumatic experiences, they can very often completely disattach us.
3: Mm -hmm. Because there comes a
2: point when the pain is so big that you just, you, you have to cut it off because you just can't deal with it. No, I really relate to that in so many ways. I really relate to that.
1: Yeah. Um, and, but what a lifeline. So you've got Bristol. So and that's yes, incredible. Yes. I mean, it's just unbelievable that you managed to get there considering the trauma that you've been through. So yeah. you
3: took the place... So I took the place yeah. and uh, I studied sociology and social policy.
1: Amazing.
3: Yes. And it was, um, I mean, it was a difficult time because yeah. in my first year of university, so basically we decided that, you know, it was best that I left the area and eventually um, I moved back home. And mm. and this is when I... Um, I bumped into you know the person, oh um, but anyway, prior to that, I, I had um, I moved back for a little while, and I, I met a wonderful young man who. Okay who um a you know man. a good man good, good young man and we, we we became um you know we were just I mean I really loved him and um he was very supportive throughout that stage and you know telling somebody you know a young male what you've been through is very difficult and yeah. and he was extremely supportive because i was still very That's scared totally
1: terrifying for you to allow somebody exactly exactly
3: heart. exactly yeah. and so he was just such a remarkable um young man and um like I was saying before you know I grew up in quite a rough area mm. so unfortunately um he was murdered and oh, um for being in the wrong place at the wrong time you know um which was oh. extremely extremely difficult to deal Arrendous. with this I mean oh You've been on such a journey. We're going to take two minutes. How you. Oh
1: my gosh, yeah. Right, okay, deep
2: breaths all around.
1: (laughs)
0: Elevate your style
1: without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: I feel as if you have spirits of other women that must also be in you that have helped to carry you through this time. Because, I mean, first of all, your groomer and then your big love. After having lost your father and gone through having to take care of him from a very early age, it's a lot Mm -hmm. for one person.
3: Yeah, Yeah, no, you're right. And... I mean, my mother was incredible in a way that she would always read us books from women that had been, you know, before us. So people like, you know, she would teach us about history and people like even Maya Angelou and Mm. and some of her poems. And she has an incredible, you know, poem or statement that she makes that, you know, you will face many defeats in life, but never let yourself be defeated. Mm. And I always knew and there was always something within me that knew that there was much more to life than what I was being brought, you know.
2: Mm. And you know what, Gracie?
3: They do say that when you come out on the other side, you've been chosen.
2: You are one of the chosen ones. One of the chosen ones that has had to experience such extreme pain on so many different levels because they knew you were strong enough not only to survive and Mm -hmm. cope but actually to rise even higher Mm -hmm. and live your life now helping others in the way that you do so sometimes what can be the greatest tragedy exactly becomes a gift because you can heal yourself yeah when you start helping to heal others
3: yeah so and it's quite a
2: big thing to be one of the chosen ones and the chosen ones by this I mean and to all of you out there who have had extraordinarily painful experiences and some have had numerous of them and as painful as it is you've got to realize that you've been chosen because he knows or she knows that you not only can survive but you can do much more than that and you can give so much hope to so many other people and it's uh when it's really painful, it's very difficult to see it as a gift. But I know that the many challenges that I've had in my life at the time, I couldn't see it as anything. There was nothing positive in it. It just mm-hmm. was something that made my wounds blue, bleed and ooze yeah. even more. But, you know, today I'm really able to look back on some of those things and really say, what a gift. What a mm-hmm. gift to have been allowed to experience it and be given the strength to not only get through it but also heal it and come out on the other side and be in a position where you can actually be a support and help to others. Mm. Exactly. So true.
1: So. And that's where you are now in your life,
2: right? <laughs>
1: so, how did you did you manage to return to Bristol?
3: Um, you? yeah, did so I did. I, I did finish my wow. degree. I remember calling my um, lecturer at the time and, and just saying you know I won't be coming back you know because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm have to you know obviously go to my boyfriend's funeral and they were very supportive and then you know I, I went back and I, and I got on with it and um you know I'd, I'd become so um it had become my normality to numb the pain. So I was still living in a place of complete distance from mm-hmm. my emotions in order to survive, I think. And still drinking? Or yeah, yeah. Still yeah. Drinking? Um, I was still drinking yeah. and... Um, you know, but I think the brain is such a powerful thing, you know, that when you suffer um, so many traumas and in such a short space of time, mm. the brain kind of cuts off in a way to help you survive. Because yeah. if you were to feel the intensity of all of those emotions, yeah. you are, you know, possibly I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And so there had to be a disconnect in order yeah. for me to continue, I, you know, I, to, I to I kind of soldier that. on in yeah. a sense. Um and luckily, I did survive that. And, and you know, and, and one of the biggest things today that has actually enabled me to live the life that, I, that I'm now living is, is from speaking my truth. And, yeah. and that, was by, that was when I made a conscious decision to take the person to court who had harmed me. Gosh, that was brave.
2: That is so brave. Yeah. But can I ask you a question that when you made that decision, did you then also find that um, because that obviously to make that decision is feeling your feelings? yeah exactly so how when you were so disattached because you kept numbing what what was it that not made you break down because you actually had a breakthrough yeah and I think the day that you decide that you're going to go on your healing journey and you're going to reattach to your heart Mm -hmm. and your spirit and your soul and all of your feelings and I think it's the bravest most amazing thing when you decide to go on that healing journey um can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah,
3: so it was, you know, I leading up to the court case, I had mm-hmm. to stop working, you know, that, you know, I was under a lot of pressure and um, it was then really that I had, I like to call it an, uh, an awakening, mm-hmm. but I had a breakdown, you know, and I there's a saying that God can't give you whatever you believe in your higher power, can't give you anything if your hands are too full. And so everything literally had to be stripped away. And that happened. I lost my job, but you know, I lost my friends and I was left sitting by myself and, and, and I, you know, I think discomfort is a very important thing because it really tells us, you know, whether we we want to stay in what we're in or whether we we need to really make a change. And I was so uncomfortable with living my life the way that I was, and I was uncomfortable of, I was, was, it, it didn't feel right anymore that I was treating myself in this way, you know? and so the more time i had by myself i started to get more of an understanding of what it was that i really wanted from life mm-hmm. and 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 that was a kind of gradual process mm-hmm. you know and i just think it's extremely important a lot of us are so afraid to stop so afraid to, mm-hmm. to to spend time with ourselves and and really understand who we are as individuals what do we want from the world and 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 those are quite they're big questions, but those questions can only really fully be answered when you actually really go back to the yeah. past and deal so with your did past. You have
1: any therapy or anything to help? So you?
3: yeah, so my mum's always been a huge advocate for that from mm. quite a young age. After we lost our father, that we we should have therapy. Mm.
1: Your
2: mum sounds like one hell of an amazing woman. She, I mean, how extraordinary is. education, good worth good work ethic, and. Getting help. I mean, I love that. What a healthy, balanced, extraordinary woman. No wonder you've turned into such (laughs) an amazing grace.
3: And, you know, not just my mother. My mother is incredible. And I also had my incredible sister, Sula, who, you know, was a huge part of that journey, you know. And we are extremely close today. And she definitely was um, one of my angels along the way, you know, and, and who stood up for me so bravely and strongly in court and testified and oh, in everything. Incredible. Family is everything, basically. Yeah,
2: and I love that you call her an angel because you see that...
3: I so believe
1: in angels.
2: Mm. and, and they- I
1: And I also just think that... You know, I've said this as well so many times before, is when when you're going through something really tough, you know, some friends are like family, but your your family are really the people who exactly. always have your back, hopefully, exactly. if you've got a good family and, and support around you. But really, it's important to to lean on them sometimes yeah. and allow them to yeah. help you and guide you and support you. Because you can't do everything all on your own all the time.
3: No, exactly. And so the court case was, you know, I mean, it was a very difficult, very difficult process. But prior to that, I hadn't spoken about what had happened to me for 10 years. So the first time I'd ever mentioned it was with a police officer. And so that um, was, you know, I mean, it just rocked my world, really. But amazing also that you didn't
2: get sick,
3: Grace, because I think holding on to... I think holding on to
2: such trauma without speaking to anybody about it, you know, it's like carrying the weight of the entire world on your shoulders in such a painful way. And I think often, you know, the things that, and I say this to my children, you know, it's so important to speak, speak up of everything, speak of your pain, speak your truth, always speak your truth. Um, Because I do believe that what you keep on the inside that doesn't come out can actually make you sick how did you how were you able to remain in 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 balance because somehow your body must have physically been in balance and maybe it was because you maybe it was because you 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 saved yourself by by somehow drowning yourself in Mm -hmm. probably keeping busy and having
3: a few too many cocktails now and again yeah I think I think so and um
2: and being blessed with a very physically strong body. Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know. And well, it sounds
2: like you
1: used the alcohol to deal with it.
3: Exactly, the exactly. Therapy, but
1: then, so you, you finally had your awakening and you took this horrible man mm-hmm, to court, mm-hmm. and
3: what was the outcome? Yeah, and he was sentenced to 13 years in prison. <gasps> you are truly amazing. Yeah, Seriously, you Seriously, know, that is um, incredible that you went to that extent.
1: To, and well done you. I just, I, that is so remarkable so remarkable wow
2: so that means he's
1: there now yeah well thank god you've protected all those other girls that could have been potentially exposed exactly. to somebody like exactly.
3: him exactly and I think the bigger picture is you know I I knew when I was standing up in court that this was greater than me you know and it was and and it was also about me you know being a voice for all the other women that came before me that weren't able to were there, others? there were others and so um you know it's a victory not just for myself Yeah.
2: how amazing grace
3: um
2: has he made contact with you whilst he's been in prison he has he it,
3: sorry? no and he wouldn't be allowed to no no, no. yeah no there'd be absolutely him. no way Okay. and yeah. how do you feel
2: about his sentence coming to an end soon
3: Uh, So still a long time, because it's only been, you know, it's only been about four years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, so
2: so this, of course, sorry, this happened 10 years later.
3: Yes, Ah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay, Okay, well, I can, I'm I'm happy for you that he's in there. And um, well done you for going the whole way to to do that, because that's incredibly (laughs) brave. And standing in a courtroom looking at somebody who's done all those Mm -hmm. terrible things Mm -hmm. to you must have been excruciatingly painful and frightening
3: yeah it
2: was oh I've, been, I've got a question to ask you mm-hmm. because of course when you're so brave to actually stand up against someone who's caused you so much pain
3: i mean you know i think you have to have faith you know it's yeah. i can't put my trust in a system but you know though this system has been incredible in helping me come to justice like mm-hmm. my trust has to be in the love of myself my trust has yeah. to be in the faith of my higher power yeah. to know that I am divinely guided and protected and you know you
1: haven't been broken no exactly broken exactly so many occasions and you're here exactly and you're smiling exactly and you're healthy and you're happy exactly. and you're whole again yeah. and no one can take that away exactly. from you. exactly no one no matter what they do to you they can't break you exactly and you know that now yeah which is an incredible gift it is for you
2: it to really know is. Yourself as it well. it really is i also think that that face having that faith and i remember my wonderful therapist saying to me in any situation where you feel scared you have to put a a navy blue velvet cloak around you of protection lined in gold and you will be safe if
1: you believe that you will be safe. You will be
2: safe.
3: Exactly. Exactly. So
1: you are, obviously, you've achieved your voice. You found your bravery yes. and your courage. Yes. You've, you've, you've managed to get this awful man put in prison mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Then when you had done that, you must have felt amazing.
3: I did, I, you know, I did feel amazing, and but you know, unfortunately, I was still in active addiction. Right. So you know, okay. um, and oh after, gosh, how did you how did you get through court in active addiction? I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Wow. Again, I think there's, you know, some some there's something greater that's always yeah. always watching over you, you know. Um, and so I was still in that pattern, you know, and that's yeah. not something you can change overnight, even though you may have, you, you know, you may have because ended I guess something guess it becomes part of becomes, your everyday it, life. Exactly. Exactly. Taking it
1: away would seem more unusual exactly. than it. Exactly,
3: exactly. And so it was, you know, it was after that, that in my mind, I believe the only reason why I was drinking was because of what I'd experienced, mm-hmm. you know. And it, so I, I believed that after the court case, I would stop drinking, I would stop using, you know, because this was the one thing that was really controlling and affecting my life. And that's when I realised that actually this was greater than me, that this addiction was much greater than anyone's situation. And so it was then that I made a conscious decision Um, to take myself to rehab and get help. That's another enormously brave
1: move. So where did you go and how long did you go? and Um, How did you get through? What advice can you give to somebody feeling that they should take themselves? mm -hmm.
3: I think that, you know, if you are if you are it's all about why we are drinking you know and if if you are drinking when you feel extremely sad or you know you're you 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 feel that you feel better when you're going through a difficult situation once you have a drink and you're you're starting to isolate yourself and you're starting to drink alone or use you know or use alone um then I think it's important that you find somebody that you can you can speak to Mm -hmm. and actually you know addiction isn't the root of the issue, the root of the, the, the whatever's going on is much deeper. And, and that may stem from some form of trauma or something yeah. you've dealt with as a child. And so I think if you can find the strength within you to find somebody to speak to about maybe some of those experiences, you know, because addiction is a secondary illness, really. Yeah.
2: And I think also,
3: don't you think that,
2: um, you know, I, I heard you saying how from a very young age you were looking after your father, you know, and I think it's very important sometimes to bear in mind what is what what is what is normal expectations of a child and what does it actually mean to allow a child to be a child and of course we all have to help around in the house etc etc but if your childhood is taken away from you uh, and probably on a very subconscious level you know it is quite traumatic that you weren't that you couldn't just be a normal child Mm -hmm. like everyone else that you had to kind of become a a a caring nurse yeah you know a helper from a very very young age and I think that you know, any kind of therapy. I think therapy full stop is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible, and I think that everybody has had, to lesser or greater degrees, you know, experiences throughout their life that I think are really, really important to to talk about. You exactly. know, um, because a lot of these things can be the the
1: the, the little the grain mm-hmm. of yeah, yeah, the trigger of something that might happen later on. So, you were brave enough to. To take yourself to your rehab, and yeah. where did you did you stay in London, or did you go? So
3: I I went abroad actually uh, mm-hmm. for a month, mm-hmm. and um, so that gave me the room. Really, I mean, it, it was the first time I remember being in a group um, at rehab, and they asked us to share our stories, and it was the first time I really cried. You know, when I shared, you know, yeah. I mean, I've cried many times, but the first time that I cried when sharing my experience, you lots know, of
1: people in that room realised that their problems were very insignificant to be honest you You probably helped a lot of people in rehab with you at that time
3: possibly
2: possibly yeah or isn't it also when you hear the first time you come into a room like that and you hear someone else's story and you think oh my god there are people who've experienced Mm -hmm. things that are equally big
1: you know the the gift of of facing your fear and admitting you've got a problem exactly facing it head on and going into uh, into an environment where people can really support you who know what they're doing who know how to help you and knowing that it's not just you Mm -hmm. with this problem there's other people out there and then you must be able to see that there's a path for coming out the other side 100%
2: And you know what I love? Someone told me recently that, you know, there are there are meetings for everything. Definitely. You know, whether you have lost someone, whether you have too much sex, whether you shop too much, mm. alcohol, drugs, of course, all of that. But there are so many different meetings. And if you feel sad or alone and you do find yourself reaching out for one of these various addictions, you know, you can also go to these meetings and you can just sit there and listen. Exactly. You don't ever have to say anything. Mm -hmm. And... And I've heard from more people than one who, who's gone to various different meetings that, you know, it really gave them the courage to start their healing journey just by going a few times to some of these meetings and realizing, you know what, I'm not alone. And on top of that, there's hope, there's yeah. hope for me.
3: And there's something so powerful in it, in being able to identify, you know, and knowing that you're not the only one that's suffering. and that um, And that definitely helped me. And the biggest
1: thing is actually just realizing that, there's a
3: problem yeah exactly you know, it's admitting that is that there's the something biggest wrong.
1: Uh, yeah. step you can possibly yeah. take in your healing
3: so you were there for a month so I was there for a month and prior to that I'd came to the Prince's Trust okay um and um so when I stopped working you know I had to find um, a means to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. so I joined fell back on my massage diploma and I joined lots of different agencies and that's what I remember you did your massage and I remember thinking
2: my god one day I would like to be lucky enough to have a massage by you
1: (laughs) yes because I imagine you're a healer as well as a yeah
3: so I you know started building up um my clients and and I you know and I had an opportunity to go into working environments and I thought you know there's really something here about bringing holistic services into the workplace Mm -hmm. to support people's and employees mental and physical well-being but i'd never set up a business before so you know a friend of mine recommended the prince's trust and so i went to the prince's trust with my idea and you know it was that it was at that point that i realized you know it is about responsibility and i have Mm -hmm. to start taking my life more seriously Mm -hmm. and so that's when i then decided to go to rehab Mm -hmm. midway through my time the trust and
2: can i just ask you when you when you decided um with the support of the Prince's Trust to set up your own business. This was going to be a holistic business where you were going to, within your business, employ other men, women, um, maybe with a similar story in one way or another, who could also start healing through massage is that right is that what i remember rightly
3: so um so the company's called Works Bar, mm. and really the core values are um about you know for me massage really did change my life you know it was shortly after my court case that you know when i started joining all these agencies and started massaging people i started realizing that you know the huge benefits that massage can bring to people's lives and, yours. and to mine and, yeah. and what massage did for me is it gave me room to learn how to calm my mind how mm. to yeah. Um, you know, feel feel at peace with being within myself Mm -hmm. and also just having more stillness. Mm -hmm. And so it was very meditative for me actually, offering people treatments Mm -hmm. and I could see the effects it had on people Mm -hmm. afterwards, you know, and it also gave room for people to share Mm -hmm. how, you know, what they were going through as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very beautiful, you know, beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to offer people. And so, you know, I really believe that if we could bring this into the workplace and just create more work-life balance, um, that it could really have a huge effect on individuals and, you know, naturally happy employees and yeah, more, more productive and, yeah. and happier companies. And so it's expanded from there, really, you yeah. know. Um, and so
1: how have the Prince's Trust helped you?
3: So the Prince's Trust have been um, amazing in offering... Um, so they offer you a range of... So basically, you go on the... I went on the Enterprise Programme, and which is you do four days of training. So they mm-hmm. teach about all the different aspects of business. Mm-hmm. And um, then you have about a year to complete complete your business plan mm-hmm. and so they want you to test trade effectively and you know and see if the, your business is going to be viable or not and so then you go to panel and they have a look at your business plan and decide whether they're going to offer you a mentor or some funding and I asked for a mentor because I believe wisdom is better than gold mm-hmm. and so um, I've got a wonderful mentor today called Chris Letcher who um, we meet monthly and mm-hmm. um, we talk about you know a different business strategies how we're going to move forward and the Prince's Trust have really, they saw something in me that I didn't see. You know, if I, when I look back and think, you know, two years ago, but if you must s- see it now, now I do, yes, of course. Yes, yeah. And, and that's yeah. through the belief of other people, you know, and, yeah. and that's what's yeah. so powerful, you know, when if you give somebody, if you believe in somebody, you know, you can really change their lives. Mm. And so the Prince's Trust have been incredible.
1: And so, one just, uh, one thing that you mentioned when we were having a moment of a break, because we were all getting quite emotional, <laughs> um, was your drinking anniversary
3: yeah so I decided to um I mean I didn't dis- I mean it happened you know mm-hmm. I stopped decided to stop drinking and it was the um n- the 19th and it was exactly the same the same day that my boyfriend that passed away it's his birthday so today yeah, we so both celebrate a yeah. birthday so together got
1: to celebrate that gift that he gave you that moment in your life exactly your day of exactly taking the power back exactly
3: building your business exactly and I mean it's
1: just an incredible journey you've been on Always. yeah so we
3: go yeah. all over the UK so oh, we the UK, um right? companies supporting HSBC we sort okay. support them at their conferences and some of their offices across Fantastic. the UK and we've just started a um, well-being program for the white company so we're offering Brilliant. them yoga and massage and we've had such incredible feedback for Brilliant. how the employees are, are feeling yes, yeah, I yes. Used to work with she's her wonderful, she's wonderful ago, woman. I yeah 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 amazing so it's going really well yeah it's going wow grace this is incredible (laughs) it
2: really is amazing and so, where are you living? And are you living alone now?
3: And how's your mom doing? <laughs> she must be so
2: proud of you. She is.
3: And I, I um, so I won the awards for Ambassador of the Year the the um, regionals, and I found out from Fern Cotton when I did a podcast with her that I've also won the nationals. So I'm going to the London Palladium tomorrow, oh gosh, and I'm going to be awarded amazing. by Prince Charles. Oh, yeah. wow.
1: What an achievement. Yes. I mean, it's incredible, really. This
3: is amazing, Yeah, Grace. so my mum will be there, and she she is beaming with joy. Yeah, yes. she's so proud. I'm so sad my sister um, works in an international school in South Korea, so unfortunately she can't come. Oh. Um, but it will be my mum and my younger sister and my business mentor. So tomorrow is going to be a big day. Tomorrow, so it's very exciting. tomorrow evening. Tomorrow day. It's going to start in the daytime. What so. are you wearing? I've got, well, phase eight. Um, let me, I went to their... Um, shop the other day and they gave me a dress and it's beautiful it's really stunning so So I'm really excited so
1: this afternoon is rehearsals for you yes right yes yes have you got to give a little
3: speech actually I can relax a little bit which is quite nice so um I'll just go and collect my award but there's going to be a video about my life that they filmed at my house yeah yeah oh grace I'm so happy for you so um I live in East London still Mm. and um that's very interesting that you to Yeah, but not to close remain. to where, okay. yeah. But you love East London? I love it. It's such a diverse community and, and I really love where I live. Um, so, yeah. And you've got the same friends, new friends, different new friends, friends? New friends, and I friends. think, you know, when you are... Changing and, and making changes in your life. Not everybody can come on the journey with yeah. you, and that's okay. And that's that's something that I found difficult, I, I but I've totally had to learn. Agree with you and I think life can that.
1: sometimes be about cha- <laughs> bless, you. bless you. Life can sometimes be about chapters. Exactly. And when you close one chapter and open another, sometimes you have to go into that chapter with different people. A
3: hundred percent. And they
1: can come back into your life exactly. through the chapters. Exactly. But I really believe that once you've got out of something that's been difficult a lot of the people that would have been in that moment with you, you kind of need to move away 100%, from a little bit. hundred yeah.
3: percent, you know, it's yeah. so true. And, and,
1: so, and I think the people around you really help make you the success that you become. Yeah, you and have you have are
3: a have, reflection of your, you know, the people that me you have around you. your friends and I'll tell you. you who you are,
2: like my dad always said. Yeah, it's so
3: one. true. Yeah. So true. And what about love, Grace?
2: <laughs> what about love? Because you look, I'm like in love with my business, you love, know. At the but moment. you look, you look
3: so. You're just surrounded by light and love. Oh, it's quite incredible. Thank you. Um, you know what? I'm in love with myself at the moment, which is a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing to be! What a wonderful thing to be!
1: And, and your business, which is also an amazing thing, because at the end of the day, if you can build something on your own, become exactly. self-sufficient, mm-hmm. become independent, then you'll never allow a man to exactly. overshadow anything exactly. you're doing. And you can find exactly. an equal partner exactly. to bounce you, you know, to it would only enhance your life, never take anything away from it or add too much to overshadow you. And I think that's such an important lesson for anybody out there is, you know, once you've done it on your own... You can survive and and you can get through, but you've done more than survive. You've come out the other side and you are on fire <laughs> and you're winning awards and you've built your successful business and it is such an inspiration and oh, incredible you. journey. And really my heart goes out to everything you've had to endure thank in your you. life, but It's made you who you are, and that is truly lovely on the inside and the outside. And it's been such an enormous pleasure having you share with us. We are so thankful for you because it's a tough journey and it must be tough to share.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it really is. I
2: mean, you are you are the complete image to me of this survivor that turned into a superwoman. I don't know (laughs) if you guys recently have seen everything going on with a new. Only female super, uh, uh, only female superhero movie, the new Marvel movie, oh, no. which is apparently only made by women, wow. directed by women, incredible. with That's women actors, which I think is really incredible, really incredible, and Reese Witherspoon, who you know is a real yes. um, stand up for everything to empower women, and I think the way you've survived, and there is not even an ounce of victim. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one time in my life when I literally was licking the floor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I thought, you know what? Right now, I do relate to uh, people who jump out of windows because there are times in your life when the pain can be so intense that you actually don't know what to do. do, And I remember my oldest girlfriend came to me at that time in my life um, and said to me, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. And I... And I was kind of like looking at her thinking, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I was like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I am not a victim. Mm -hmm. And I think with your story, Grace, and what you've been through and the way you have healed uh, and the way that you've turned your life around with that there's no anger, there's no bitterness, quite on the contrary, you've been able to see and do everything in such a beautiful and positive and amazing way. Mm hats off to you,, oh, thank and you. so well done, and you deserve everything, and may your light shine so brightly for, oh, thank for you. so, so, so many decades and centuries because now you know we, we can almost choose how old we want to become we take care of ourselves mentally and physically, physically exactly um, and can I please book a massage of course you can
1: <laughs> I, well congratulations on your amazing achievement thank you so tomorrow much and good luck I hope you don't get too nervous going no. out there I'm sure you don't get nervous at all <laughs> everything you've had to endure already but we really we wish you all the best and we hope to see you again and hear more of your business development if you ever want to come back and talk talk to us about how it's going and uh yeah well done the Princess trust as well what an amazing
3: yeah scheme
1: and program to to involve people in and we just wish everybody a very happy day i feel very inspired by you and thankful for all i have and protective over my children and i want to be involved in every aspect of their life
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's how it makes me feel thank Thank you thank Thank you you so much i really appreciate it thank you thanks grace